And you're listening to The Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian-American perspective. Yeah, blink twice and I'm here now. I'm running from my problems, but I hope it's the right path. Too many rappers acting now. I want to be typecast from sitting in sight class to gripping that mic fast. I'm sipping that crown straight because I want to be like dad. want to be like Grams. I want to be like mom, but I want to be like Jay and I want to be like Nas. want to be a version of all the people that passed on and write lyrics so that the spirit can latch on. Yeah, what would you live for? What would you die for? What would you let a tear come up out of your eye for? Growing up with pine trees made me think of a pine box. I want to die and revive. You know that I'm repping that bull city your long horns, but I'm on tour. And hey everyone, how's it going? It's Thursday, September the first. What the what? Freak? 2016. You're listening to Clubcast. I'm Marvin Yue. Joining me is Minji Chang. And we are your hosts for this weekly look at pop culture and Asian America. And this week, we were supposed to be coming to you live from the Comedy <laughs> Comedy Festival. Why are you revealing it? But then the podcast Krampus came and I'm stole that recording the podcast huh the podcast krampus the the reverse santa that steals gifts from children okay yes that is that is yeah. what happened it totally wasn't my fault at all not at all and um we we lost it but luckily for us we're here to recreate that magic because i totally forgot what we talked about and uh <laughs> we were able to bring back our guest from that day poet writer hip-hop artist best hair in the biz yes Mr. George Yamazawa Jr. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you doing? Great. <laughs> Just great. Exhausted. Yeah. But uh, Marvin, have you have you gotten over it at least? Are you well? Clearly, because you can now give credit to the Grampus. Is that what you said it was? My whole body is aching. Wait, what are we talking? Are we talking about losing the recording? We're yeah, talking about that. The you're, pretty, you're pretty upset. He's so far beyond that. I think he's. It was so. Here's what happened. Okay, here's like here's the the Clubcast production minute. Um, <laughs> Why are we revealing all this? <laughs> because people need to know. People right. need to know. Because we're, we're honest like that. So we had this really cool podcast lounge that um, the podcast, the Potluck Podcast Collective set up at the Comedy Comedy Festival. The, pot, pot, the Potluck Pod. We should have came up with a better name that's not as tongue twisty. <laughs> but it's a newly formed Asian American podcaster collective um, right now based in L.A. But, you know, who knows where we'll go from here. But uh, we're so happy to um, bring a lot of Asian American podcasts together to um, help each other out. And so uh, we were invited to, as a part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, to run a podcast lounge at the Comedy Comedy Festival, a comedy festival. A lot of alliteration today on this podcast. Tongue twisty um, bonanza. Which is a four-day comedy festival that we, um, Minji and I helped um, produce as um, part of collaboration, as part of the team. And we had five great podcasts. And we were number two on the list. We had G come in. We had this really great just space to just chat and talk and then 40 minutes into the recording i look over to the to my recorder i'm like wait the numbers aren't going up it might have oh, been no. 50 we might have been like right about at the we hour. were at the end we were right at the wrap-up too so uh but it's cool you will never hear that great we'll conversation hear. but we're gonna try our best to um bring that magic back nah new magic new magic <laughs> But gee, really, really, really glad that you were able to make time, come back and chat with us. Thank you it's always very great much to talk for with having you. me. Always great. Always great. So you can hear um, George is from the great state of North Carolina. All right. Yes, sir. He's got that. Uh, that I only school. do it when my voice is being recorded. 
have you been um because you've been in dc and you've been in la for you know the last few years yeah have you, you feel it going suppressing it a little no nah, well i'm like real good at i think code switching depending nice. on who yeah. i'm talking to or what i'm talking about or you know how comfortable i am i'll mm. change yeah i think my my vernacular will change i'm <laughs> out here you know i'm starting to i think i'm starting to catch a little bit of the la like <laughs> out here out here you know you know what i'm saying my i'm real hard hard i'm so i'm working on it you know west side west side <laughs> Out here in Inglewood, you know what I'm saying? We hard. I'm just kidding. Yeah, but I, I'm like, well, I went to a juvenile detention center with my good friend Matthew Cuban, mm-hmm. uh, who works there every week, every uh, every day. And uh, yeah, you know, you're you're kicking it with you know homies from around the way, and they're and I was spit a verse, and you know, all the, the youngins are like. Yo, that shit was hella hard, man. So I was like, well, this is definitely Los Angeles, boy. Nice. This is, nice. It's great. I've been loving it. I love the way dialects change and um, uh, just the way that different, you know, geographical demographics kind of just express themselves. It's really beautiful, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk more with G about his career, his southern roots, and just G in general later on this show but first uh, we're going to start our show as we always do with our roundtable discussion where we go around and talk about what's on our mind in the world of pop culture and asian america and um, i'm just gonna get this started because what's on my mind if you was, say cargo shorts i'm gonna punch in your face it's not cargo shorts but now that you mention it no stop it i take it back i'm sorry i shouldn't have said it. <laughs> it'll make a return later i promise no. but, uh, comedy comedy festivals is still on my mind because we just wrapped a four-day comedy festival here down in L.A. featuring 100-plus, what was it, 150-plus? Yep. Asian-American comics that includes comedians, improvisers, storytellers, producers, sketch artists, musical artists. Who knew there were like 150-plus Asian-American artists working in comedy in L.A. alone, you know? Well, actually, they were not all from L.A. We we did have some come down from the Bay. Um mm-hmm. From from the neighboring parts, so maybe like California, but that that was really cool because the reason why it's 150 plus as opposed to the 100 is because we had a number of improv troops, and I was blown away because I didn't know that there were that many Asian American improv troops. Like we've been talking about uh, the Scarlett Johansson presents APAM back in May, and that kind of exposed me at least to like all these different Asian American improv teams. But mm. apparently there are more, so we had. I think I, I would imagine we had like all of them at our comedy festival and it was it was cool because I got to meet them all and check them all in, email all of them their call times and whatnot. It was great. <laughs> I think it's dope that there were, you know, there's comedians from outside of L.A. I mean, yes. I was yeah. there last year and just the, it's, I think, grown. I think it's double. It's grown a lot. And yeah. I mean, they had three shows at the Aratani Theater, which um, we use for our star show once in a while. And that thing seats a lot of people and that place was packed like mm-hmm. all three nights mm-hmm. um they had a really special mortified uh, podcast um live show on friday where people read about their uh their from their journal from the journals from middle school diaries, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and saturday night it was disoriented comedy's fourth 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 anniversary show which is amazing congrats to jenny yang and Atsuko, Katsuka, and Dilo, and all that crew for holding it down for four years now. Wow, it seems like seems like longer than that because they've been such a part of the community. Um, and it was great just to see, just to hear the feedback from the people coming because people don't know about, you know, like when you think about Asian American comedians, you think, who do you think of? Like 
off the top of your head, Minji, who do you think of? Well, maybe you're not the right person to ask, but. What do you mean I'm not the right person to ask? Because you're in it. You know more. No, I like, don't. G. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's <laughs> a lot of people that I don't know. I, this is what I'm saying about what I've learned from collab is how much I don't know. I think that's been my long-term lesson that now I'm just like, I don't know everybody. I really don't. And there's always someone new and awesome that, like, maybe even more popular or whatever, more prolific than the people that I do know in my in my little bubble. So that was dope. Like, yeah. Well, G, I want to, yeah, I do want to know G's. Who do you think of? Henry Cho. Henry Cho. Yeah. That's his name, right? Yeah, that's the from guy Tennessee. from uh, from Tennessee or is it Kentucky? I think it's Tennessee. I okay. think it's I think it's Nashville or something like that. Yeah. But I saw his stand up and I was really impressed. That guy, yeah. Christian man, he doesn't cuss, he's very family friendly and he's got that. And he's super the, like, yeah, you know, super what I'm saying, down there, <laughs> turn, turn Have you seen this guy, Minji? <laughs> um he's had a couple specials. Um I don't know HBO, but definitely like Comic Central. I saw him on Netflix yeah. too. I mean, that's where I yeah. I See, I have not. I don't know this guy. <laughs> I want to know. I think you'll like him. He's real. He's you know clean. He's, like, he's yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was what that meant. <laughs> I mean, he's clean, <laughs> but he's funny though. He he's is like, funny. He's got he that. Like, he plays up the whole like good old boy, like yeah. southern boy. I feel like Minji charms. can appreciate like yeah. innocent humor. You know, of course. I think so. Uh, some people. Although she was like, laughing real hard at the last um, <laughs> at the Anaconda special at the last the closing night of like. Lots of really, really. <laughs> people, people have missed like that's where I think I misread sometimes. I just want to like defend my whatever my however I come off because it's like collaboration is is very we we aim to be family friendly and that's I think that's amazing. And my favorite comedian of all time is Lucille Ball, who is you know historically she that was her show. It was obviously family friendly. It was slapstick. It was. Just to me, brilliant comedy that was very universal. But I love, I have a really special place for like super vulgar humor. And like, <laughs> like that's, it, there's just something. But I, I also think that sometimes people like lean on it as a crutch and then they think just because they're being vulgar that it's funny. And I don't agree with that. Right. Um, but yeah. Like, I no like, people. you know, I feel like there should be some sort of redeeming quality of like, of thought or of irony or of, Something beyond just you having the 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 courage to say something everyone no one else will say. You right, know, like right, I, right, that's right. something is just shock value that I think people <laughs> like and enjoy because they would never say that in public. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. And I think in terms of just Asian American um comedy as well, like people expect Asian American comedians to like make fun of their culture, make fun of their parents and stuff, but we got a good variety of really just like funny jokes about life, about sex, about just printers all and that life everything. Has to offer. all sorts of things. Yeah. I was so sad that I missed the co the show on Saturday night where Shang Wang apparently brought the house down. Yeah, I heard, man, fellow Cal Bear, Shang Wang. You didn't go to that either, G. I missed it, man. There's so much to do in Los Angeles. It was like so. This, that's what I'm. This is what I'm talking about. Like a lot of people were, like they discovered like their new favorite, like not just comics, but comics mm -hmm. with an S. And I heard a lot of people just like saying how Shang Wang is a revelation. Like he they discovered him, fell in love with his comedy, and like. I've been following this guy for like 12 years. Like I, I first saw him at an Asia Week, Asian American Comedy Showcase in the Bay Area. He's been hustling for like a really, yeah. really long time. Yeah, he yeah. was on Last Comic Standing last year. Mm. And it's just, it's kind of also a little sad that he doesn't get as much, you know, widespread, mm -hmm. you know, props. Mm -hmm. Well, we are changing that right yeah. now. Especially with, you know. Well, like, there's like, like you were yeah. saying, like it's, what well, we've been saying that it's hard to know everybody, <laughs> but like this is why the comedy festival was so great because it did yeah. show that. And like, I, and then I, re I realized 
you know, in all of our madness. And I was like, dude, Shang was at our conference last year. He's been in collaboration shows. He was at collaboration Houston. He did a collaboration LA show. So like that's, it's a generational thing for us too, to even recognize who we didn't know or like that, that <laughs> makes me look absolutely terrible, but I'm just being real. Like I couldn't, I was like, are you serious? You were in our shows like blah, blah, blah. But yeah. Everyone was telling his <laughs> jokes. They're all like reliving, re-saying his. He's great. His... Everyone should everyone should download his uh, latest comedy album. Um, it's it's hilarious. It's, it's on it's iTunes. Great. It's on iTunes. It's on um, Amazon. What's it called? It's called Cornucopias Are Terrible Containers. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he's real funny. And just to give one more one more props to him. Congrats to him for getting brought back for the third season of Fresh Out the But so he was talking about how he has a studio job now. And that was, that was the basics of one of his jokes. He's a writer for Fresh Off the Boat. He wrote the Chinese New Year episode this past season, like one of the most well-regarded ones. Nice. So congrats to him. And you know, hopefully go back just glad. Yeah, yeah, I'm just glad too. that he's sticking around in L.A. for another year so we can nice. we can see him more. Gee, wait, can I ask real quick? Gee, which shows did you get to see? I saw the at Comic Comedy Comedy. Yeah. I saw the Mortified joint. Nice. I think that was Friday. That was it was dope because I it was also an introduction into the whole Mortified world that mm -hmm. they have created, um, and uh, I got to check out you know um, the four thirty p.m. show on that Sunday, the uh, ISA one with John Cho. Yes, yeah. that was really good, man. That was, was really hilarious. Good. Oh my god! Um, and then got to stick around for that last show that night, hosted by uh, Miss. I, I, how do you exactly pronounce it? Is it Anna? Anna Akana. Anna Akana. Yeah. Not Anna Akana. Anna. Yeah. Anna, who I really appreciate uh, her story and approach to comedy based on the loss of her sister mm. um, and talking about, you know, I'm, as a poet, I think I really like focusing on <clears throat> the entirety of the human condition from the things that make you laugh the hardest to the things that make you cry the hardest. So I think when I see her on stage, I really. I see her kind of full circle, this this range of emotion that mm -hmm. goes into her comedy, and it's not just shock value. It's like she's very closely tied to the sense of suffering, and that's what allows her to laugh, to be able to laugh. Um, and it made me think just about the concept of comedy in general. Um, yeah. And so it was great to see her hosted, and I love her work. Awesome. Well, let's um, let's move on to your topic then, G. Uh, what's on your mind? I well, I'm right here in uh in this collaboration office, and I see these dope posters on the wall. Um, you know, the collaboration star 2012 one is here when I was, I was on there. I grabbed some of that one. You know what I'm yes, saying? Yes, he came back um, and I was like, that's me. Yeah. So I think I've been, I've been sort of thinking about how blessed I've been to be somehow connected to collaboration in the Asian Aww. American arts community throughout the last four years strong. And then how also in general, what collaboration, um, does and continues to do and how it continues to evolve and as well as and this kind of goes into the whole comedy comedy festival as well and just the partnership between asian american art scenes and communities um i think about allison a lot when i think about that and yeah uh, who's who's heading the jccc right um and yeah and how you know blessed i am to just be and i'm here and i'm here to give you all background like in the office in general just to have a meeting about creating a new music video um and thinking about my life in in accord with the, just the general landscape of Asian American art and how I never was able to consider myself a part of an Asian arts community. And now I do feel like I am. And so I'm just very thankful to be that here in general so and happy. for collaboration. <laughs> that yeah. makes me I only said that to, to like make Minji 
Yeah. You know. You can't Start see crying. her smile, though. Crying. She's up. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention, Minji <laughs> is coming to us all the way from Washington, D.C. She's recording at the API Vote offices. Yeah. Because she's taking her... Is this sabbatical if you're not if you're still working? It's, it's not sabbatical. I'm still working. What do you? It's a work vacation. <laughs> it's not a vacation. It's work. <laughs> but I love yeah. my work. But yeah, we can't see her beaming smile right now from Jesus. Crying um, right now. Right. Reading endorsement of collaboration. But um, for <laughs> listeners who are a little confused, G was actually one of our finalists for our first collaboration star back in 2012. He was the winner of collaboration DC that year. Came in. That was when I was um I was in DC as well. And just like, I thought and just I was gonna blow up. I thought I was gonna like, away. No, I thought I was gonna like. I thought that was it. You know, I was like, <laughs> yo, collaboration star. I had to I had to poll to get the votes every day, and I, I was like, man, like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna win this. Just my birthday is meant to be. Oh, <laughs> I was like, man. I'm gonna go to Hong Kong. I'm gonna blow up in Asia, and you know, this is how arrogant I was at that time. Um, but I think. I think especially because of that and remembering how I was really down, actually, when I, I was really discouraged when I lost. Mm-hmm. And I didn't lose in a sense. I mean, it, win or lose is very you know subjective. But yeah. when I didn't win the first place prize, I remember being really like one of the low points in my life as far as being not in a depressive sort of way, but in a sense of just like, man, what do I do next? You know, I think when you put all your eggs in one basket and you think this is it and you don't see nothing beyond it, you know, that was a big learning moment for me as to not believe that one opportunity is the end all be all. Um, And it was been a good for me. So, so when I look at that poster sitting (laughs) right in front of me, you know, I look about, I think about the last four years of my life Mm -hmm. um, and, and how I've, because of that, I've been able to continue and, and keep striving and making efforts gradually and and uh and so yeah, yeah and i mean we all believed in you all the way like you were as people talked about shen Wei, you were a revelation like especially in dc in dc especially the spoken word scene where like you don't see many asians mm-hmm. like the first time we heard one of your poems it was just like yeah like my dad's not japanese but i'm crying right now you know <laughs> i cried no gee i was saying I, I always i always tell g i cry well he's probably thinking i'm walking around like spouting tears all day which i kind of am but no when uh when i first saw g at collaboration star because i didn't make it to the dc show that year but i had heard about you and then we had been doing the whole mnet thing that was the first time they did that whole um they gave you the was it a gopro they gave you a camera for you to like, it was like, yeah, a little camcorder. Yeah, thing. for you to like yeah. film your life. And so, so that was like my introduction to you, but I didn't, I hadn't heard your art. I hadn't heard your winning piece. So when I did hear it, I was just bored. And that was like, okay, this is where I get really sappy, but I'm like, this is why I do collaboration. Because here's the thing I totally feel you on the, on the, what do you do when, you didn't win or you didn't get what you had been hoping for or expecting. And honestly, that's been part of like our evolution as an organization because there's some people who are really, I think, they just associate us with a really dark time of their life, like where they didn't win. And or the people even it's kind of a it's catch twenty two, even people who did win who maybe expected Mm. that to be like okay so now right. i'm done and that exactly. we've, we've kind of encountered a lot of different expectations and different mm. hopes and then different reactions mm. um but like i swear i'm just saying this to you because you're so kind to say what you did earlier like seeing people like you and hearing like people like you and i remember i i was sobbing like a baby when i heard, first heard go in seattle mm. um just these stories and these pieces of work that were so 
good and so moving. That's I initially joined so that I could meet famous people, but then like <laughs> hearing that was like that was honestly it's what keeps me like I cannot just walk away from this because sometimes the, like noise gets to your head and you're like yeah. I don't know if I want to do this all the time. Yeah. Just give me yeah. real. Well, it's like, you know, our life, anything we feel like there is a purpose for us to do, it's really lifelong, man. I think, it, when I'm, you know, in just modern society, you have this idea that your life is meant to be this linear path. And there are these certain things that you need to do by these certain times. And <clears throat> that's just not the, that's not the truth for everybody. You know, I think everyone has their unique paths. And But I think the, the, the biggest thing I learned in, in that moment was just like, man, this shit is like lifelong, man. It's like, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to be continue to keep fulfilling my purpose, like when I'm 80, 90, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and we're so and glad you are. I, yeah. And we'll we'll be here to support that. Thank you. The whole the movement, you know. Yes. Or it'll be a better place. Minji, mm. don't cry. What's on your mind? No, I say crying's the best. Actually, funny. That's all. Oh. See, the, the universe is gifting us with all these great segues. Um, speaking of crying, thank you, G. Seriously, because, like, man, the noise gets to you. And this is actually related to my topic because um, uh, I just I just did a – this is not a self-plug. It's just the topic. But, like, the mm. mental health component of – our, all our lives. I don't know if Mercury is in retrograde again or something, but ugh. Uh, ugh. but don't look. It's real. <laughs> um, but like, funnily, I did. I, I just put out a, a. I did another project with my friend Chris Lamb for BuzzFeed, where we just did something on how why is it so freaking hard to find a therapist? But um, weirdly, I don't know what the deal was, but that that same week we filmed it on like a Tuesday, but that week. Like the next day and the following day, I had multiple friends talk to me about like depression, um, about like getting help. And, like it just kind of came up in varying degrees. And um, that's just been on my mind ever since then. And it kind of ties to comedy because I was like, I need I need to find a I was getting kind of anxious and, and down about certain things as well. But um, yeah, kind of the mental health thing became like this strong topic. And I, I don't know what. Um, prompted it because it's not like I walked around telling everyone hey I'm doing a BuzzFeed video about mental health and therapy but people have started bringing it up so that's mm -hmm. what has been on my mind and I feel like it's a really opportune time just because as Asian Americans we don't deal with that very often <laughs> in in any sort of clinical sense um I think Asian Americans are like Asians are very very emotional creatures as all human beings but I don't know. I'm Korean, and historically speaking, we have never been encouraged to like go seek out the help of a professional and talk about our, and pay to talk about our feelings. It's more like just deal with it, suck it up, and and move on. I mean, I feel like you say that about Asians in general, like Chinese people, Japanese people. Like we're, I don't know if I mean, it's a it's cultures. a huge problem yeah. and across many you know for sure demographics yeah. people for sure yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. But th I mean, that's all the stigma that's been happening. And oddly, funnily, the thing that was tr starting to make me spiral down was when I saw my BuzzFeed video. And I was like, oh, my God, I look terrible, which is so, like, super, like, to be critical of myself, which is my problem. It was very superficial and very, uh, like, vain. But <laughs> I genuinely got, and this is a problem Marvin knows because I cry to him all the time. But when I see my own work, 
And G, I want to know what your thoughts are when you like hear your own music, how that process is. When I see my own work, this is the problem of you are your own worst enemy. I get mad critical of everything. And it's not even like her performance. It's like how she looks on the camera and it gets, yeah, it's, and then I do, you know, you look fine. And then she gets (laughs) mad at me for saying that. So Minji, can I just say this on the record? You are so sexy. You are like so fine. And so many people, everyone knows. I mean, don't, don't. I feel ridiculous saying this because don't, doesn't everyone say that to you? No, no. Okay, people are very nice. And this, I was not fishing for, like, okay. I know you weren't. And I, at first, I was, at first, when I would notice these things, I was like, is Minji trying to get me to say, you know, like, is, but then I'm realizing, like, you know, yeah, if there's something this I could say on the record, deep. this goes this runs. Of deep, course, so yeah. yeah, and I know we got to talk about it a little bit when we went to go eat fried chicken together, yes. which everyone should know we went to go do that because that, that's what we do. I'm jealous. <laughs> um, I didn't get fried chicken. When was this? Was this during the conf? The, the no, festival? no, no. This was like last winter. It was a while ago. That's how long it's been since I was hanging out with <laughs> yeah. you. That's why I was so excited to it's see. It's been it a set minute. Up, yeah. I was like, where was I? I eat fried chicken. Well, I think self value and self worth is really deep. It's you know it. it <clears throat> I think that's the beginning of it all. Is how much we believe in ourselves. Is the I mean how much we, um, and so, and I think it can it can be expressed in different forms. Whether it's looks and we have all these beauty standards in the world and this and that, um, but I think that there of course is a process towards you know changing or towards finding more value or whatever or, or self-worth or confidence. But I do also feel like it already is all there inside of you. It's not like something that you got to like get to. Yeah. Like, no, like right now, like in this moment, like you can cultivate that, you know, that that resolve that like, yo, you're the shit. And, and maybe <laughs> there are things that you want to work on in these certain ways and things that you can change. And um and that can continue to be worked on, but and I and I'm the same way. Like I've I'm, I remember back in the day when I first started doing poetry, I would watch all my YouTube videos, and this is before YouTube videos got big for especially for spoken word. Mm-hmm. And uh, all my homies would be like, "Bro, stop watching yourself." Um, so I, I would have to go to my only watch my videos when I'm by myself. <laughs> like, but I, I really part of it was like, you know, on the other side of that is this super vain factor of like enjoying as much as you hate the parts. I hated the parts about me that I didn't like. I like super extra love the parts that you know I did like, and yeah. uh, and so I'm just trying to find that balance. But I've always looked back at my work and studied my own work and studied my own live performances and thought about how I could get better, thought about what was great and what, what I could do better. And I think that's a just an aspect of art. And I think the I think artists, I think what was this? I read this quote is like the creative life in short is a constant struggle to better ourselves, right? To to better our life condition, to better the way we think, to better our output, um, and to better the way we engage with other people. And so I think that's all a creative is, is like, it's just creating, uh, you know, a better sense of ourselves. Um, and that's just really difficult in this time and age when, you know, it's all sort of a self-absorbed <laughs> Snapchat culture. And I like, and you know- Yeah, the visual is so important. And it is, yeah. It's easy to just dwell on that, right? I love you. Thank you so much for saying that. And here, here's my thing is that it, this and that was I was not fishing for compliments, but this is this is like a real 
And I feel embarrassed saying that out loud, but I think that that's being an Asian girl. Like I, it there's so I could spend multiple podcasts or a whole podcast series talking about this, which I don't really want to. But that that is so real within the Asian female community that I can attest to. Mm-hmm. How much we are inundated with like these these expectations and um, all these like. Issues of beauty and well, I mean women, yeah, and just women in general yeah, for sure. Yeah, but like, sure. and and then like, I've talked about it before about my trip to Korea and my mm. issues, and um, and I had I, I have admitted, and this is still awkward to say publicly, but I was gonna get a lot of plastic surgery done, mm. and like that was the plan for many years when mm. I was younger, and like, it's and this is why part like acting is important to me because I want to get over that. I don't want that to be something that consumes that much space in my brain. Mm-hmm. And so part of that challenge is for me to to do what I want to do, which the acting part is like when I'm getting when I'm in on camera, I don't care. I'm actually really not self-conscious. Mm-hmm. It's watching myself that's terrible. I'm like if I could just make stuff and not have to watch it ever mm-hmm. ever ever ever. Um, I'll be fine with that. And I think like Johnny Depp does that, but, uh, but you know, I also need to watch myself so that I can see where do I need to improve and th- you know, you just gotta, you gotta know your own craft and all that stuff. So it's a catch 22, but it's but, real and it's the, so do you think, cause I mean, I watched that video and maybe I see you too much every day. So I'm like, that's just Minji. <laughs> she's, she's fine. Like, do you think it's like an internal thing of like seeing yourself and being just that extra criticalness? I think absolutely like like how when we do the podcast, like hearing your own voice, we're weirded out by it for a minute, you know, <laughs> um, maybe, maybe. And that's like on a deeper thing. And I would love G to write a poem about this. But <laughs> just like facing yourself is is a very difficult thing to know yourself, to know how you are in real real life uh, versus how you perceive yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, damn, I really I need to stop slouching. Like that's one of my key <laughs> things. I'm like I have terrible posture. Why do I do that with my hands? Like, why do I, you know, blah, 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 blah. I could go on forever. But kind of like when it feeds into that self-conscious mode and self-critical mode, that that part is what really hit me because I feel like that's such an obstacle that all of us as humans um, to varying degrees need to overcome in order to achieve our dreams, right? To get big on that. Um, what's in the way of, of moving forward to succeeding in whatever your definition of success is, is yourself. Right. If you can't stomach watching, like getting up and doing a you know stand-up comedy set and bailing, or like not bailing, but like bombing, like <laughs> failing really hard, which every stand-up comedian I'm sure has experienced. That's part of the deal. But and I wonder how that that varies across the board in terms of culture and ethnicity because everybody deals with it. But I think Asian people are like intensely critical, mm-hmm. and it comes from parents or just like the surrounding cultures how we walk around like aunties and uncles telling like commenting on your weight and saying like wow you look really fat today (laughs) and they don't mean any harm but they just do it and then anyway you're just living in society where that matters too much (laughs) and then you just like you're fucked up about it for like the next six months i don't know and on that note we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back to talking more with g stick around Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to the Collabcast. This podcast, of course, is brought to you by Collaboration. 
a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, elevating, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of our API communities. You can learn more about collaboration, how to support us, and our digital content offerings such as our videos, blog articles, and podcasts at www.collaboration.org. I also want to take some time to quickly remind you that our panel picker page for South by Southwest is still active. As you may remember, collaboration in partnership with Disorient Comedy, Angry Asian Men, and Dante Bosco is petitioning South by Southwest to hold panel about Asian representation in media at next year's South by Southwest Festival. You can help us make this panel into a reality by voting a thumbs up for the panel. Um, you can find the link at our collaboration Facebook page pinned to the top. Every vote counts, even if you don't plan on going to South by Southwest yourself by voting that you want to see this panel realized, you'll help get this very important conversation onto the South by Southwest program where it'll be seen by decision makers and influencers in the entertainment industry. Again, you can find the link to the panel picture page pinned to the top of the Collaboration Facebook page. Just search Collaboration on Facebook to find it. Also wanted to give a quick shout out to the Comedy Comedy Festival, even though the show that we recorded there didn't actually get recorded. Um, we wanted to thank the organizers of the Comedy Comedy Festival for letting us do our show there live. We had a lot of fun at the festival and hope to be there again in the future. I wanted to also make an announcement that the Podcast Lounge at the Comedy Comedy Festival was the first live event of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a new collective of Asian American-led podcasts that the Collabcast is actually a founding member of. The collective will officially launch sometime in the near future, but in the meantime, you can follow them on Twitter at at Podcast Potluck to keep updated on the latest news. Finally, it's never too early to start planning for this year's Collaboration Star Finale Showcase, which is taking place Saturday, November 12th in Los Angeles. This year, Star will be held in conjunction with the Empower Creative Leadership Conference, Collaboration's Leadership Conference now in its second year. Um, the conference is taking place from Friday, November 11th to Saturday, November 12th. The Save Today announcement should be going up soon, so keep an eye out on Collaboration social media for more information. And that'll about do it for this update break. Um, again, if you have any questions, feedback, or topic suggestions, you can always reach us at podcast at collaboration.org. We always look forward to hearing from our listeners. And yeah, let's get back to the show. And welcome back to the show. You're listening to the Clubcast episode 83. We're here with our guest, George Yamazawa Jr. Or G, as you like to call him. She clack clack. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit to you about just uh, just your journey. You've moved to L.A. about a year ago now, right? Yes. Pursue but he hasn't your... been here that much because <laughs> right. he's traveling the world mm. all the time. Yeah. So um, how's how's it going? Really great, really great <laughs> as of now. Uh, I was like, I think his last whole year of just traveling in general, the transition, I think, mentally to LA in right. general has been pretty exhausting. Um, uh, just on many fronts, on an artistic front, on a family front, on a on a romantic front, on a on many different levels and aspects of my life. Uh, spiritually, I just was really out of place. And really unaligned and really like uh, felt like moving here was a mistake last year when I first got mm -hmm. here. You know, L.A. is a real lonely city. I was in a real lonely time in my life. Um, and now that I'm here, I've been here, I feel like in, in L.A. without having left for the last like, feels like 
Actually, for maybe August 10th. <laughs> that's, 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 that's a long time for you, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, that's seriously, though, it's yeah, kind of crazy great. to yeah. like have moved in to a spot and be here for more, three weeks straight is kind of uh, is a new experience for me. And I've been able to finally link up with all the people I said I was going to be able to see over the last year and yeah. do things that I wanted to do. And um, and it's just like kind of the little things in life, like going to the beach or going to get some food or <laughs> yeah. like going on a date, whatever it is, like just enjoying Who are you dating? these life, this life. I'm not dating anybody. <laughs> if I have so gone nosy. on a date, I'm really trying to marry you. So I'm not trying to talk about it too much. <laughs> if you know, I'll totally support your Do career you know and your artistic. You talk about anything. <laughs> Just um, turning on the accent, especially for you right you now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, nah, yeah, I've been, you know, one big part of my life as a young man at 24 to 25 right now and um, was just the concept of what it means to be a man, what it means to be emotionally available for others, what it means to <clears throat> be committed if you're going to be committed and being honest and transparent if you're not, being, you know, as a, I think, young man, making sure you're not being manipulative and on any front and making sure, you know, um, I'm just kind of living righteously, man. I is living a, a life of dignity and like, you know, it's difficult because when I've made mistakes and I've been trying to get through these mistakes and learn from them, like I'm simultaneously on stage in front of a lot of people who are praised, constantly praising, constantly, constantly praising. Right. So there's this weird contrast between how I feel about myself and how everyone else does and, and what, what they're praising me for as opposed to what they, you know, in, in, as opposed to what they don't know of uh, about me, right. and there's so yeah, many yeah. times that someone's been complimenting me, complimenting me to my face, and I'm just like, man, if only you knew, like, know you know, I'm just like, oh man, I'm just kind of a shitty person right now, you know, I'm like, I'm, <laughs> and I and I don't like to deem myself or anybody as absolutes, you know, mm -hmm. I think if someone does something shitty, they're not a shitty person forever, but right. you know, if some someone does something great, that doesn't mean they're just a great person. I, I mean, everyone goes through phases, and like. This is something you learn just through life. It's just everyone's kind of like. Everyone's you, everything. You look back on all the dumb shit you did. Even like a week ago. <laughs> it's like, About man. a week ago. I thought I'd be more older and mature by now. You thought you would have recorded the whole podcast. You know, <laughs> we lose, I'm gonna get this shit. To let we lose one out of every like. One podcast every like couple months or so. That's kind of our, our, our clip. Like, the first time I think. Did you lose the first one, Minji, or did I lose that first one? I actually don't remember because I'm trying not to dwell. Yeah. <laughs> so just happened that was, Sorry, it was our live yeah, yeah, yeah. show. No, 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 no. This is but, this is what I was like. You, G, you were there because I was like, Marvin, let it go. And I really like. I had to train myself for that too. Just like, just smile, let it go. Right. That's right. The point. I, I love. I'm always in the middle of some shit. Like I, <laughs> I, I was hoping that it wouldn't be a Minji versus Marvin kind of moment, and it did. It wasn't. It was cool. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like so used to being in the middle of arguments, and uh, but you know, yeah. one thing is like I think not letting your mistakes define you yes. is something I've been learning. I've been learning so much just artistically in my career, but mostly I think just as a person and as yeah. a human and how I interact with people. But not letting myself be defined by those mistakes and and just trying to continue to learn and grow and so how do you use those lessons like because you know you hear things about artists like let's say taylor swift right who mm -hmm. takes life moments and turns them into hit pop songs that make her a billion dollars mm -hmm. um whereas i like do you put a lot of because a lot of your poems are also personal experiences right mm -hmm. um do you like do you experience something like yeah 
I can write a poem on this? Or is it, you know, how does that? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say like kind of everything. Well, I think poets are, poets and writers are really are really thinkers, you know? Like mm-hmm. we're writing, they say 90% of writing is thinking. Mm-hmm. So when I think as I walk through this life, I'm like constantly thinking about how things, what's the deeper meaning behind this computer, who made every single part in this computer? Where did these parts come from? What kind of lives did those workers make? You know, I think yeah. it, it, being able to even add, you can, in that case, when you really sincerely think about life, you're even able to add um, value to like inanimate objects, right? When you really think about, deeply about what's the meaning and purpose of all these things and moments and events and experiences. So <laughs> I'm like constantly thinking about what's like this deeper meaning of, of everything. Yeah. Um, I think it's been coming out in like rhyme form, which is, which is a little more exciting than I think the poetry format mm-hmm. for me personally, it is. Um, so yeah. Do right. you find that that gets overwhelming though? And I, I can, I can relate to that in terms of like, any creative mind kind of veers that way, and I love that. And I love, and I, I believe that every person, as as hippie as that can sound, I, I believe every person is an artist too. They are creating their lives, and they right. and they have a creative element to any soul, right? But mm-hmm. when you make that your career, and you make that like your livelihood and your practice, mm-hmm. more than anything, even like you're not trying to make money off it, but that's just what you do, right? Mm-hmm. That's how you inhabit the world. Mm-hmm. Do you find that that gets like crazy, annoyingly overwhelming sometimes because I don't want to credit all of my stuff to like PMS because <laughs> there's just times where things just suck, you yeah. know. But sometimes I, I I step outside myself and I'm like, you know, I just want to enjoy this for this. I don't want to pick it apart because that's my tendency. And I'm just wondering how you feel about that. Well, I think what I've been able to do recently is kind of strengthen the connection between my own happiness and helping others. Mm-hmm. When I think my life purpose is really directly in line with how this is affecting others, uh, it truly is becomes this this like mutual uh, relationship where like my happiness is directly related to based on how I treat others and based on how I treat the world. And so if if I think that I'm not able to find a sense of peace if I'm not exerting the kind of the kind of energy that I would want that that would hopefully be able to help another person, encourage another person. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that like in the same way, like if I'm not where I am, then I won't be. You know, I'm. I don't know. I think everything. I'm starting to kind of forget the question at this point. What did you ask? <laughs> I, do you ever get? Do you get overwhelmed? Overwhelmed? By that? Like, no, the, I the think the way that you are always, and that's what I love about you because you're so. I feel like you're so zen. Like maybe that's that point that you've reached in life. In a way, I've my whole life has been based on. I, so I practice in the SGI, which stands for Soka Gakkai International. Mm-hmm. Soka Gakkai means uh, Value Creation Society. It's a lay Buddhist organization that I was raised in, mm-hmm. and so since I was young, I've been kind of taught these concepts of value creation, of of your unique purpose being in line with world peace. It's called Kosen Rufu, and I think world peace is not. In the same way, enlightenment, I think, is not is something you attain. It's not something. It's not a destination. It's a path. Right. And so I think when I think about world peace, I've been thinking about world peace since I was a kid. You know, <laughs> so I'm like, what I the love fuck? that. I'm like, world peace. So how you saying you're a superhero? No, I'm not. I think that I'm a very ordinary person that is, I think, awakened to the innate power in my own life. And right. I think we all do have that. And I think it's easy when you think about world peace. I've had many conversations with people about world peace and what that means. Like. 
it seems very unattainable. It seems impossible. And it seems, and I think that if that's where you're starting from, <laughs> if you're starting from the feeling that you can't help this world become a better place, then I think you, you can't, you're not going to, I think, be able to really live a fulfilled life that you're able to. So that gap is too wide yeah. then. Right. And so when it comes to being overwhelmed, if I'm constantly thinking about the state of society and the world and how I can do to help change this, like I think, in a, in a sense, the overwhelmingness becomes this fuel. Like, there's this never-ending never sense of suffering in the world. And I think the more practice you're able to have, like, you're better able to transform that into resolve. You know, you're better able to turn that. Like, when, like every time so you, you see something, you see a, 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 a innocent black life get taken. Mm -hmm. And you see it on the news. And you see this. And you see live stream on Facebook, you know. Um, of course, like I'll sit there and cry. I'll sit there in like my room and I'll feel broken and I'll feel like, man, like what the fuck is going on in in the world? Like this shit is, cr you know. And I, and I'll sit there froze and I'm just like, man, what can I? I can't do that. And you just sit there and you. And I'm sure many people have dealt with this, but there has to come a point where you're like, okay, man, this means I need to fight that much harder for. Each person's happiness, man, and my own. I need to, whoever's in front of me, man, I need to make sure that person feels like the most important person in the world. I need to make sure, like, and I mean, I think it's easy to just continually feel bogged down by the world. But, and, 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 you know, I think evil shouts, <laughs> it's really loud, you know, and I think right. goodness is able to kind of modestly continue forward. But I, it's the constant oneness of good and evil, and it's, it's, a, it's a constant battle, and it's a path. And I don't think it's a it's a it's a it's a destination, and it's a and that's what I mean by the lifelong shit. It's like yeah, you know, I'm 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 in it for the long run. I mean, there's wanna... that's the reason people like have you write vision statements, right? Right? Like, mm -hmm. what what do you want to become? Right? Right? And not just like what job you want, but what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. And then from there, it's like how do you get there? Mm -hmm. And um, the same way, you know, like for collaboration, you know, the goal is mainstream, like that. The mainstream is diverse, mm -hmm. right? And we can dwell on about, about how hard it is now, but we're making we're we're doing everything we can to make sure that, like, when that day comes, like we're ready, mm -hmm. right? That, that we're we're working on the assumption that the future is going to be diverse. Mm -hmm. We're not working the assumption that people are going to be racist to us or it's mm -hmm. going to be like a struggle. It's like no, the future is going to be diverse. We're going to like we're going to make sure that we have artists that can you know that can do the the art <laughs> their thing yeah the thing the, the things thing. but like mark like i i really we're getting super philosophical by the way and i love it mm -hmm. but my my tendencies as a person have been like very anxiety driven um and i'm realizing that about myself in the last few years that i was not as very goal oriented i was kind of more a dreamer like i had things i wanted to do and visions of how i wanted it to play out but not really like a time-bound bold set way of going about it but here's my thing that it made as part of getting older but it's like when you fixate too much th there has to be a degree of like saying this is what I want to have happen this is the outcome that I want but I just feel like it's getting so fixated on what is not in front of you is is really another form of creating another level of anxiety do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. we have to be forward thinking. We have to be like, this is the outcome that I want. But also you have to be like, the only thing that I can control right now and the only thing that's relevant is right now. Exactly. So if I I'm love too caught what up, you say that. 
Yeah, it's like I I got so caught up in either yesterday or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And realistically, like I don't know what's going to happen. Like maybe some other actor or maybe some other organization will swoop in and do the things that I had planned to do and maybe that goal or that plan becomes completely irrelevant. What do you do then? Right. You know. So, I don't know. Like But we I have no control like, over yeah. those effects, you know, like we can only make the causes. Right. And and yeah, yeah if someone does something better but there's still something you can do like you can still create value in some form that's when and i hate to use this term because it's such a silicon valley business term but you pivot you know you you take what you have and you focus on other places where you can where you can create value mm-hmm. right because there's no like you can share this piece of pie or find another another piece of pie that's like open for you to like mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. and i think both is both are important that's why you know in, in business, with a huge to set your goals, but also set your tactics, mm-hmm. right? To like, this is what we want to happen, and to understand that in order for this to happen, these things need to happen. And basically, you set your tactics and you set your your contingencies. Like, yeah. if these things don't don't happen, there are there are backup plans. There well, are other like, ways to. You gotta win yeah. where you are, man. Like, yeah. if you're working at McDonald's and you're trying to be at Madison Square Garden, and you're mad that you're at McDonald's and you're just trying to get to Madison Square Garden, but you can't do your job at McDonald's, right? Then you never gonna get. You know, you need yeah. to knock yeah. out and fry the shit out of those fries and you know bag the shit out of that red. You know, type the. You know, be the best at where you are in every moment, and it's going. It, that's what's gonna allow you to go. And I think yeah. you know, past, present, and future. Is like the dopest, like the three existences, man, you know, <laughs> but like the present affects all three, man, you know, like what you do in the present is going to affect your past and your future, man. And yeah. so like, um, yeah, the now, the now is so powerful, man. The now is so yes. powerful with this moment wow. forward, you know, <laughs> for sure. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to bring this a uh, little bit more upbeat and ask you, G, tell me your stance on cargo shorts. I love them. Oh, we just pivoted, huh? Like that? <laughs> I think it's that a, subject. No, I think it's a thing of my past now. <laughs> I would wear swim trunks with cargo, you know, pockets <laughs> on them, maybe. Right. Um, fuck it, man. I wear some cargo shorts. I don't care. Right. You know what I mean? They got to be a little on the cleaner, you know, side, maybe. Right. You know, the rugged ones that are kind of wrinkly, like those. Are kinda, <laughs> right, trying to recreate the magic from the lost you podcast, know? but we were talking about how, like. In this in, in North Carolina, you were you were rocking up cargo. So shorts, I grew right? up wearing cargo yeah. shorts. Love them. Many pockets fit many things. <laughs> uh, we don't have purses, you know. Yeah. Uh, so we you know rock cargo shorts great. And then I got to DC, and all the homies would be like, "Here comes G and his cargo shorts," and I was like, "That's <laughs> why." You know, it's just a little more fitted kind of, you know, uh, millennial fashion. So I, I stopped wearing, I started wearing a little tighter. I mean, I kind of, I'm good, I think, at like staying with the times, but not conforming too much or, right. or you know, I'm, I think finding my own sense with it. Um, so I'll have joggers when everyone has joggers and, and, you know, I won't, but somehow I'll be able to make it feel like I'm not, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I'm part of the whole materialistic society and capitalism and all that. No judgments. Um, I think fashion is great because, like, we've talked about that many times because I think your fashion is, is another expression of self. Right. And sometimes that means that you are going to wear, what, leather joggers, like right. Kanye said was cool when everybody was like, what the hell is he talking about? Exactly. But then the next day everyone's wearing them. Right, right. right. You Kanye is the, the, the prophet of fashion, if you didn't know. 
Kanye, man. What a great <laughs> subject. Any time of the day, anywhere, with anybody. Anyone can talk about I Kanye. I have not watched his VMA commentary yet. I was like, I have again. not either. I haven't heard about it. What happened? Commentary? Well, no, the VMAs were on Sunday, mm-hmm. and that's also been on my mind because Beyonce slayed. Totally did not know that was happening. I've heard more and more anti-Beyonce uh, sentiments recently. Really? I just oh. more and more, I think, as the time goes, like more and more people are starting to be like, Maybe Beyonce is not the greatest thing ever in the world created, and there's other. I think you know? there's a lot of great things in addition to Beyonce, but I still <laughs> think she is still. I think she's dope. I think yeah. she's super dope. I've loved her since back in the day, and I'm like, you know, and I'm not thing, a hater. When, <clears throat> any, when anyone is brought like hailed as the greatest thing, you're gonna have haters who just. Right. Of course. I don't know why I hate this, but you like it, so I hate it. Right. Right. You know? Right. 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 It's always those people. Annoying. Well, that's <laughs> well, also me. That used to be me. I'm trying to just yeah. be like, let, let you be you. <laughs> well, I look at Beyonce, too, in a way that I, I don't necessarily buy into it as just her. I think a lot of people look at it like it's her. It's just that one. You know, I, I, I see a, a tank. I see like an army. I see yeah. like a, uh, a sea of people who you'll never hear or know about who are responsible for her the trajectory of her career and i for sure you know and i think i've I've been thinking a lot about more like all the ends of the industry in music and and entertainment and like who are really pulling strings and whose you know ideas are really getting shown like you know knowing that shane wang writes for fresh on the boat and like knowing we i think when you get to know more folks you get to know a little bit more about what's happening and yeah it's like a interesting oh yeah i actually listened to uh, a freaking what like 15 disc biography about her i was i met on a big audiobook craze <laughs> 15 discs just, holy 15, crap no, something, i don't know maybe Is that it like 50 like, hours of audio or something no, 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 no. <laughs> it was like it was maybe like eight i'm being i'm exaggerating mm-hmm. but it was it was it was really long but that's that's like how extensive her because it goes all the way back to her childhood where she was Houston, right? essentially being groomed to you know be right. who she is now right, right. so that, that's the backstory that I am and absolutely there is a, an economy behind Beyonce mm-hmm. um, she is not like a economy. 100% self-made woman you know what I'm saying an like a lot of people have invested in that that's a so, good way to put it yo. she has an economy yeah, she's she invested in the minji economy when they should have her army of <laughs> but there are fashion people who, consultants oh, hell no. and makeup no, artists no, no, who, can, who can do who can do Asian eyes that's the thing. <laughs> oh my god! I do not want to be part of that conversation. But for me, the reason why I love her is because the things that she says, even like Lemonade, was she didn't even write that. You know what I mean? There was a poet who wrote the vast majority of Lemonade. Mm-hmm. Beyonce did not write that. It's inspired by her relationship right. with Jay Z, but she didn't write that. Right, right, right. But a lot of people walk around thinking that she did, right? right? And I totally feel you, G, on that. But it's, but when I see an artist like her and the, what she can do in one performance mm-hmm. to ignite something within a woman to feel like strong and confident, mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. That's why I love her, not because, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but anyway, with <laughs> the with the passing of such great like individualistic artists like like Bowie, like Prince, like you know, we need people to take that place, and I think she's found a a space for her to like be that spokesperson and you know people will say you know like oddly i've just realized this i feel like i've never seen her say anything outside of her she's a very introverted person yeah have you have y'all seen much of i i I never see or hear beyonce outside of her on stage Mm. or in a video or in a you know i think that's actually yeah it's very rare and she's a very private shy person yeah i mean when's the last time she did a major interview like has she 
Has there ever been a bit? Does really? Yeah, like I, I don't know. Jay is like that too, but yeah. I mean, but yeah, I'd love to see what really she. Re- I, yeah, that's what I think. That's what keeps me from I think being clean. Also, it's like a genre that I'm not hugely invested into, but I would love to see her or hear what she thinks about the world, man. Like you know, and and specific issues and. That's the next. That's the next fifteen CD book. <laughs> well, see, okay, the reason why we got into this topic of Beyonce, which was totally not my topic that I was bringing up, but it was Kanye because he is the complete opposite yeah, and he has right. a lot to say about everything. Right. And does he have a willing audience is the issue. But people keep giving him stage time at the MTVs because they know it's going to get views. <sighs> right. Right. So he did have some sort of. So you're little... saying he's running for president next year? Is he for real? Obviously. No. <laughs> I mean, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um,. How do, we, how, do we, how, how do we get on? Oh, we were talking about cargo shorts and style yeah. and stuff. Style, yeah. yeah. So I want to know if he had an opinion. He might have said something at the VMAs about it. Oh. He's going to start wearing them as t shirts. <laughs> and yes. it's going to blow. It revolutionized Watch. the fashion industry. Watch. You may right. have an ally, Marv. <laughs> In Kanye West? Yeah, apparently. No, if he says it's cold and it's coming back for sure, then I got to pull my. my Cargo shorts back. You know, the cargo shorts game going. It's Labor Day coming up. Got to stock up on those cargo shorts. Get those sales. Oh my God. My girlfriend will be so thrilled. I quit. She actually, like, she says, we're going shopping. Like, not even a choice. Because <laughs> my wardrobe apparently is not up to par. I'm just learning this now. Learning these things. Marvin <laughs> doesn't listen when I talk. <laughs> One last thing. Because um, we don't get a lot of Asians from the South out here that much. So, um, what do you miss most about about the southern states? Yeah, I want to know. I just love the way people interact. I love the way people interact with me. <laughs> you know, um, which is pretty similar to everywhere else in the country. Actually, I mean the way people stare at me or whatever. Or, <laughs> you know, I was I did a gig in Charlotte not too long ago, and um, I feel like there's more like there's more Huns, and they're more like when like the wait staff like a lot more like. Huns? Nice. Oh, like, like huns, hun, honey, hun, baby, baby honey, like, sweetie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. um, real loving, <laughs> just society, man. In a in a odd way. I mean, it's funny because you you realize people are kind of, behind, in a sense, not behind, but behind in the yeah. way they think. But like, you know, I had a gig in a church, in um, a big church, real old church, in in, in Charlotte, not too long ago. And it's just funny, you know, I realize like old Southern church ladies, you know, like when they see me, they're just like, hey, you know, they're like, they're, uh-huh, good morning. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? Man? They're like, and like Aww. once there's that sense of connection, I mean, I think that it is genuine. And I think regardless of how they feel or whatever, or the, how, yeah. what they think or don't know or don't know about you, they um are cordial and they you know and they're polite and they're they're, they're great people and I, yeah i i just love this man i love i don't know i just something about it man and uh the mostly south, family and just people i love yeah sure. and the south gets a bad rep in in media like they always get portrayed like as like hillbillies or behind or all these things but you know like i've always had good experiences down there mm-hmm. like you know um Southern hospitality. <laughs> it's just like different styles of approach to life. Yeah. Like I think simple living is, it, it reminds me a lot of island culture. Mm. You know, I think islanders have a innate sense of 
like being trapped almost like you like that this is where you meant to be this is where you're from this is where you're gonna stay like you know i think people on an island have that kind of karma built into the land same as the south i feel like when when you're deep in the south or wherever if you're in the south and you're part of a a family that's that's been there for generations and there's this way of life and it's a simple way of living um and you don't expect too much from life i think not in a bad way you know Mm -hmm. i think in a in a way that's like you're are able to enjoy like the dirt (laughs) <laughs> you're able to enjoy the sky you're able to enjoy i love that many little things in life and so i think that's what i love about the south and and yeah. and, and just simple living um yeah awesome what's it's, your favorite southern dish i want to know i'm a big fried chicken guy i think it's easy it's easy for me um i mean i like it all i like it all together you know i like taking a big bite of the the chicken and then eating greens and then mac and cheese and then like rounding it back around with with just some of the skin from the chicken make it crunchy <laughs> and then just like gargling it all with sweet tea and oh, oh my god <laughs> oh, whenever I'm, whenever at the uh, Atlanta airport I stop by the the Bojangles yes <laughs> yes Bojangles oh, I think they're gonna open up one in L A are they I heard some I saw some article oh. about them branching out of the south so me so many so such a long line I'm about to open one line. in Japan <laughs> and it's gonna be over. Yeah. Yes. Do it. If ever this rap shit don't work out. <laughs> oh, it will. Bojangles in addition Bojangles. to that, in your free time in between albums, right. you can do whatever you want. You know, right, Japanese right. people love their fried chicken. They got the karate. They do. Yeah. They do. That's they actually, bad. Asian people do fried chicken really well, actually, yeah. man. I mean, Korean fried, fried chicken, chicken is huge. Honestly, yeah. man, Korean yeah. fried chicken is like. I heard there's a Korean fried chicken spot I need to check out. Okay, uh, yeah, you do. Yeah. That's what I was about yeah. to say. I was like, what's this called? You know one? What? You know one off the top of your head? Kyochon is like the Kyochon, that's what it is. That's what it is. That's what the homie told me about. Oh yeah. I mean in China, KFC is way bigger than McDonald's even. Like people love fried chicken. Kyochon on uh Sixth Street. Universal delicacy. Oh, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. All right. You can't keep talking about food because I haven't eaten lunch yet. Yeah, I'm starving. So on that note, we're gonna call it. Thanks again to G for joining us, George hey. Amazon Jr. You can check out his stuff. Online, where, actually, where can people check you out? Uh, yeah, check me out. I have a website, giamazawa.com. Uh, Giamazawa on all social media fronts. Um, uh, YouTube, you can just YouTube Giamazawa or George Amazawa. Um, and sound, oh, SoundCloud, subscribe to oh, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah, I check think out that's his, uh, We didn't even talk about hip hop stuff, but yeah, it's been um, been rapping. Now, yeah, I've been. Uh, <laughs> you know, I started out as an MC, super young, yeah. and then got into this poetry world. Uh, with a hip hop foundation, I think, and I kept cultivating. That. It sounded so old. I was like, "You did, you do the rap, right?" The rap? <laughs> you, yeah, Marv, I, was, I was just about to say, "You've never done <laughs> <laughs> Check out his stuff. Is his hip hop is great? I've listened to like your your last album was was really really awesome. Thank you. Um, we'll probably play one of your tracks as the the theme song here. Thanks for letting us use it in advance. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> wait, wait to ask, Mark. <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the plug in. <laughs> um, I'm just. It's a new month. We need a new track. G's here. You just need to ask him. Um, check out his poems. Bring tissue. Get ready to laugh. Get ready to cry. Get ready to just feel the feelings. So you have like, man, his stuff's his stuff's real good. Um, you might have you might actually see his stuff and realize you've seen his stuff before because he's been featured on like BuzzFeed and on HuffPo. Like, you've probably seen his stuff or heard his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, as always you can reach the collabcast if you have any feedback questions or topic suggestions at podcast at collaboration.org you can subscribe to us on itunes 
Google Play Music, Stitcher, and wherever you find podcasts through our RSS feeds. And if you do listen to us on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. It's always nice to see um, feedback from people, and it's nice to read your comments. And um, yeah, even if it's not five stars, you know, we'll be sad, but I understand. We can always do better <laughs> on that path to improvement, right? I like um, how you went that through that whole emotional <laughs> ride on on a monologue. You just were like, anyways, cool. And that'll do it for Minji and Marvin and G. Yeah. Thanks again for listening to the Collabcast. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you. Bye, guys. Gotta forget where I just left to make room for the next city I fly towards. Ride with me. And I miss down south And I miss my crew And I miss dead homies And I miss her too Blink once and it's all gone Nobody to fall on Whenever you fall off The throne that you bought from The devil the dark side And blame on the art form But what if the art dies? What if the art dies?